that changes so much of how you view your life if you like stop viewing yourself as like innately bad mm-hmm. or like your body or what you want as like something that's... which doesn't sound like a radical belief no but, <laughs> but apparently it takes a yeah, lot yeah yeah like hearing that still is strange to me mm-hmm. but it feels like massively powerful to be like oh I'm like my desires my thoughts my feelings aren't aren't innately bad yeah, yeah. Thanks for dropping into the neighborhood, guys. We have our third interview on your feeds today. I sit down with Frankie Simmons, who is a new friend of mine. Um, Our first conversation is recorded here on this podcast, which I found really fun because you have an excuse to ask the deep personal questions and just get to know someone a little differently than you would if you were meeting up over coffee. She is a joyful living mentor and a certified energy worker. She works primarily with entrepreneurs to help them uh, build their business and build their lives in a way that prevents burnout, which I found super interesting and applicable to a lot of people's lives that I know. If you stay tuned to the end of the podcast or tune into my IGTV She does a kind of walking you through a grounding exercise that she uses in her personal life and with the people that she coaches. So follow me on Instagram at underscore underscore Bethany May and you can follow Frankie at Hey Frankie Simmons. All right, guys, let's get into it. Thank you for coming on to the podcast, Frankie. Thank you for being here. For me being here. Thank you for having (laughs) me. Thank you for inviting me here. Yeah. (laughs) We're off to a great start. (laughs) I love your living room. It's so cozy. (laughs) Okay, so like we were talking about earlier, I don't know you at all. So I'm very excited. I kind of like this way of getting to know someone though, because I feel like it allows you an excuse to like dive really deep. Yeah. To ask like questions that otherwise people would be like, yeah. oh, okay. I'm like, this is for the audience, not for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically I want to just go over your background, what brought you to the work you're doing now, mm-hmm. um, where you kind of want the work to take you and like the why behind it all. Yeah. So yeah, just share as much or as little as you're comfortable with. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So every time somebody asks me like how I got to what I'm doing now, I'm just Mm -hmm. like, how far back do I start and which angle do I take? Because it's Um, just like so much. Your birthday. Okay. Birthday, (laughs) March 18th, 1995. Come blazing into the world. and um, (laughs) Unstoppable force. Unstoppable force. (laughs) And... I was raised in evangelical Christianity, mm-hmm. was homeschooled, like, whole shebang. Same, yeah. Um, and adore my family and my parents. Like, we're close, we're great, mm-hmm. home life was good. But the, like, broader cultural context I grew up in was very not great for somebody like me. Yeah. Um, just in several ways, like... I mean, being a girl there... Mm-hmm. Everybody asked me, like, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? And mm-hmm. I was like, well... I wanted to be a mom because I figured, yeah. like, I didn't know there were other options. Like, actually yeah. remember my dad telling me, which to his credit, he's since apologized for, we yeah. appreciate, but being like, you know, it's okay for your brothers to go into debt for their education, but I would never tell you or your sisters to, like, take out a loan mm. for college because 
you're going to get married. Your husband's going to yeah. take care of you. It doesn't make sense to, like, go into debt for your career. And so You're going to homeschool your kids. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I was always just being like, oh, I guess I'm going to be a mom. And then in the back of my head, having these, like, wild fantasies of being, mm-hmm. like, a Hollywood actress or, like, a famous yeah. author. And, like, this ambition that just, like, never mm-hmm. got to go anywhere, like, wasn't really welcome. And then also, like, always being a really sensitive person, like, mm-hmm. felt a lot felt a lot for others was more yeah. like emotional and intuitive and empathic than like anybody had any idea of and being raised in this place where it was always just like you serve constantly like mm-hmm. never say no to anybody like was never taught how to have boundaries or yeah. take care of myself it's just like you kill yourself in service for others mm-hmm. um so just grew up with like a lot of just like repression and yeah just constantly having to be like on and be following the rules and doing the right thing and that pretty early on, like, manifested into physical and mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, I always remember being, like, really, really stressed out in yeah. any sort of social setting. Um, and then also physically, like, the first time I got sick long-term was when I was nine. I was, mm-hmm. like, in bed for three months. We kept wow. going to doctors. People kept being like, she seems healthy. She might be making it up for attention. And yeah. then finally was told, like, had a bad sinus infection and <laughs> like for three months uh-huh and just like okay. a lot of like inflammation in my yeah. body um and so like had to like change my diet completely and finally kind of got back to normal but like my whole life just managing uh-huh. lots of anxiety and having to like work so hard to not get sick and it wasn't until I was like 22 years old uh-huh. and was on like anxiety meds and like antidepressants every day and was three years deep into like mono that never went away and like fibromyalgia that somebody just kind of was like hey just like connected the dots of like you've never been in a place where it was okay for you to take care of yourself you've never felt like you had voice or autonomy or like any of these things don't you feel all those feelings like maybe had to go somewhere and like Mm -hmm. maybe some of this illness is like not strictly physical. Yeah. Um, and that like blew my mind the first time I heard about it. And basically after that connection was made, I went on this big healing journey of like over within two months, like wasn't experiencing any fibromyalgia symptoms within Mm -hmm. four months was weaning myself off of like psychiatric meds, which as a disclaimer, apparently you're not supposed to do. It worked out fine for me, but like, yeah, was probably not the smartest decision. So for anybody listening, yeah, (laughs) like maybe go to a doctor, but blessedly, like I didn't have anything bad happen. Um, but, and that was literally like not doing anything different, like diet physically, medically was just looking at this underlying thing of like basically being sick was this coping mechanism my body created because it was like, you can't take care of yourself, so we're just going to bench you because that was, like, my permission slip to, like, Mm -hmm. say no, to do what I needed. To slow down, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I was just, like, holding on to it for dear life because it was the only way that I knew how to protect myself. Um, And so, yeah, that was all kind of within these, like, six months of just doing, like, a whole lot of healing, which was also when I was in the first year of going freelance Mm -hmm. and it was interesting because I also found that my business was this mechanism, this like vehicle of a lot of healing in itself because I got to like explore my own voice and like be in control of my life and like write my own rules and it just brought a lot of healing from that and so I was like 
we're a year into having this business and I'm healthier and happier than I've ever been Mm -hmm. in my life. And I'm looking around at everybody else around me who's pursuing big dreams and like all the other people who started businesses at the same time as me. And they're like going on sabbatical or burning out or quitting or just being like, this is way too stressful. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wait, like people have to know, like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like the story that we've been told about like entrepreneurship and really just like having big ambition in general, being something that has to like just drain you, kill you, hurt Mm -hmm. you is like, does not have to be that way. So that's when I started kind of shifting my business over from like marketing consulting to, um, like coaching and just kind of taking people on, was working mostly with like businesses, um, and business owners, and just talking about how to structure a business in a way that feels authentic to you in a way that, um, yeah, just allows you to be happy while it's also like, yes, hitting the numbers, getting the clients, doing the yeah. things. Um, and since then have like, it's really just evolved from there. So I got certified in some energetic healing tools that were the same ones that I used in my healing journey. And mm-hmm. so have gotten to take on clients for that and have had like just all sorts of people find me basically just being like, I want to live the fullness of my potential. Mm -hmm. How do I do that and be happy and be healthy at the same time? And so that's kind of what I do now and, like, the windy way I found my way to it. I feel like even within the, like, like founder Instagram page, like, whatever, there's all of those messages that are, like, entrepreneurs work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. Like, stuff like (laughs) Mm -hmm. that that, I don't know, I feel like people try to go – freelancer try to build their own business to gain more control over their life but they lose all that control yeah while building the dream basically mm-hmm. yeah so it's like backwards absolutely and it's really just like you get out of a job because you're like I want to have control and I want to have mm-hmm. freedom I want to have like my own schedule and basically people get into entrepreneurship But then just make another job (laughs) instead of actually being like, wait, the whole point of this was that we got to be happier and have more control of our time Mm -hmm. and only do things that we like to do. Yeah. But you hate everything that you're doing. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, yeah, just kind of making businesses that actually like fulfill the point of themselves, which is for us to actually have better quality of life. You help people live their dream. Yeah. (laughs) I like to call myself a professional like believer in humans. Like whatever you want to do, I'm going to be like, cool, let's make it happen. So I love that. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about, like, you were talking about your body basically forcing you to have boundaries that you didn't know how to place yourself. So what did that kind of look like realizing that and then having to take a step back and learning to, like, listen to your body, basically? Mm -hmm. What did that look like? Yeah, it was, like, this whole... I I now currently, when I think of my body, it's almost like thinking of another person that I'm like really good friends with Mm -hmm. um, because I basically just had to reestablish this relationship where I started like thinking about the way I talked to my body and it was always like, oh, my body hates me and like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to make these plans, but like, we'll see if my body decides to like ruin everything. You know, it was just this relationship where I was like, I'm trying to do things and you're fighting against me Mm -hmm. and having to really just be like, my body has only ever been fighting for me. Like, it's always just trying to sustain me. It is always working to heal. Even when it doesn't feel that way, like, it is always on my side. And that was, like, just a monumental shift for me of just, like, getting to see this as something that's, like, this is actually partnering with me Mm -hmm. as I'm trying to do this work. Like, yes, other situations have, like, been brought upon it that's, like, making it 
kind of malfunction, but like, it's always trying to help me. And yeah, from there, there was just like a lot of just learning how to like trust it and listen to Mm -hmm. it. And so there's since been times like kind of when I was closer into getting over fibromyalgia, there would be times where I would like get into a fight or I would like do something I didn't actually want to do. And I would feel symptoms come back up. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I get this. Like I get what you're trying to communicate to me now and starting to see it as that instead of like, Mm -hmm. oh, you just hate me. And like, you're just like, what a bitch. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like this long journey of like learning to listen and like not make it wrong, not like have those feelings come up and just feel anger instead of feeling like tenderness towards myself. Yeah. And it's now something that like, I've had several times where I will like ball crying when I think about it, because just thinking of like how it, my body was always the thing that I would just push to the side in order to get where I wanted to go and just like be like, well, you're just going to have to feel uncomfortable because, like, I want to do this work or I want to, like, mm-hmm. see these friends or I want to, like, don't want to make somebody mad at me by not showing up. And I would ask it of so much and just being, like, would have been so much easier for my body mm-hmm. to just quit on me. <laughs> just yeah. be like, okay, we're done. Like, you don't yeah. care. You don't want to, like, protect us, be there for us. Um, but it just, like, kept showing yeah. up for me every single day. And it just, like, I feel a lot of gratitude for that. And then I also, like, with that feel this, like, fierce protectiveness of like Mm -hmm. never again like yeah we're not doing that again yeah um and just like wanting to show up for my body the same way it's always been there for me Mm um I don't know if that answered your question (laughs) no it does it does I hear a lot um especially from hashtag girl boss people whatever of like oh I like I refuse to get sick basically Mm -hmm. um or like I won't let myself get sick and I feel like that's I don't know. That's almost like asking too much of your body or like, like you might feel things start coming up or like a lot of times I'll feel like anxiety coming up. And in the past I would try to like power through that or whatever, like not stop and try to figure out where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. Like recently, I feel like I've been talking about this a lot, but recently I quit caffeine and alcohol. Just, I like, realized that I hadn't done it in a while yeah and I noticed a lot of like anxiety had kind of gone away after that um and I could normally I've been able to trace back panic attacks and stuff to drinking like too much coffee that day Mm -hmm. or something like that so um I feel like I've been able to listen a lot more to the signals that my body's given me after like taking away a lot of stimulants Mm -hmm. because you can kind of I feel like it's more naturally rising up and it's because of situations versus my anxiety is really high today and I don't know why because yeah. I drink too much caffeine or something yeah. like that like kind of getting more more in tune with it mm-hmm. so I don't know it's just it's been something that I've been thinking about a lot too recently like yeah. trying to listen to your body versus powering through certain things yeah um so I know you mentioned evangelical Christianity which we share that background <laughs> um I feel a lot of fundamentalism and kind of the culture around it is based in distrust of your body or your body's inherently evil or will your mind will tempt you to sin and things like that. And I feel like a lot of us who have that background do have a huge disconnect Mm -hmm. um, and try to punish our bodies in a lot of ways or, like, desexualize our bodies, something mm. like that. Um, 
people have like messed up relationships with food because of it. Um, so what, what have you seen kind of work in that or like different techniques that you've used? Yeah, it, I mean, I was actually just talking to a friend about this, about just like how it really is this fundamental shift Mm -hmm. that changes so much of how you view your life. If you like stop viewing yourself as like innately, bad mm-hmm. or like your body or what you want as like something that's... which doesn't sound like a radical belief no but, <laughs> but apparently it takes a yeah, lot yeah yeah like hearing that still is strange to me mm-hmm. but it feels like massively powerful to be like oh I'm like my desires my thoughts my feelings aren't aren't innately bad yeah, yeah. and it, it it's interesting somebody once told me they were like however you are feeling in every moment is the perfect way to feel. And like still, even after like all the like work that I had done, Uh I was still like, what? Like, no, sometimes you just feel lazy or sometimes you just feel selfish or like Uh whatever. But like, and of course I don't think that person was saying like, we have freedom from responsibility over like Uh what those feelings are. We just get to like act on every feeling, but like however you're feeling in every moment is coming up because there's a lesson to be learned or there's something that's trying to be communicated. There's a deeper thing there that you never get to hear if you're just like, you're terrible, Uh go away. It's coming up either because of something you've experienced in your past. Mm -hmm. That's like making that a trigger or like there needs to be a boundary there or something. Like Mm -hmm. even if the feeling isn't, I don't want to say not the right feeling, but maybe not the proper feeling for that situation. Like it's, there because of a reason. It's trying to tell you something. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think when I look at like the way that I work with people, which is also like kind of how I live, it's really built on this assumption, like this Mm -hmm. underlying assumption that who you are and how you are is like not an accident and Uh it's there for a reason. So like what you want is not just something that's like a pie in the sky. Like, oh, it would be nice if we got to do that, but like life has to suck. Um, And also the way you want to get there of like, Mm your likes and your dislikes and your quirks and your personality traits, like all of it, I believe is really the blueprint. That's like, you came into this world fully equipped to like live a purpose and do something that Mm -hmm. you really want to do. And everything about yourself is helping you get there. And again, that doesn't mean like, it's not always like we just wildly like act on whatever mm-hmm. feelings come up because yeah. sometimes like stuff comes up because there's a fear that needs to be looked at or there's a story or like sometimes we don't want to do things because we genuinely like genuinely shouldn't do them and sometimes yeah. we don't want to do things because like there's something to be learned and we need to look at it a little bit differently but like nothing is wrong mm-hmm. there's no wrong way to feel or wrong way to be and there's nothing about you that has to change before yeah. you get to do what you want to do and that like if that's your underlying assumption, it just changes everything about how you relate to yourself where like stuff gets to come up and you don't just like get angry at it or judge it. It's just this constant like loving relationship with yourself, which Mm -hmm. again, like I cultivate in the same way I would cultivate a relationship with a person with like consistent communication and care. And it's just wildly different from what we were raised with, which is just like, if you're feeling something, it's probably because the devil is in you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, shut down those questions because Mm -hmm. that's leading you astray, things like that. Like, I know a lot in, like, therapy work and stuff like that or coaching work, a lot of it's coming from a position of curiosity versus Mm -hmm. judgment, which I feel like is a very important part of your journey with your body and yourself and, like, relearning to trust yourself. Just, like, if you're having anxiety, stress, like, 
because of a situation, like, why are you feeling that way? Like, having curiosity about yourself. Yeah. Um, so how have you seen, like, shifts in your relationships or friendships, things like that, since you've kind of started this work and started trusting yourself? Has there been, like, moments wherever you've had to set hard boundaries with people through that? Or what has that looked like? Yeah, there's been a lot of change um, in just really kind of what we were talking about before of, of like, actually taking what you want seriously yeah, and being somebody who's going to stand for you getting what you want. Like there was a whole history that I had of like relationships and friendships feeling really unfulfilling for me. Like I always felt like I never actually got what I wanted from them because it was like asking for it was too difficult. And I was always just like putting aside what I wanted to like be there for the other person or like try to manage their like discomfort or like make sure they didn't feel like I was being too much. And so finally just being like, I am a lot. (laughs) Like there is a lot that I want. I hold myself to a high standard. I hold the people in my life to a high standard and allowing myself to actually speak that and saying like what you want isn't innately bad. It's like there for a reason. Yeah there's been just a whole different kind of relationship that's happened where just it, like my full self is welcome and also wow. the other person's full self is welcome. And like it is in my friendships, like very normal for people to like show up and be like, hi, I need a compliment right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like, or to like show up and compliment themselves. Like that's, I think in female friendships, like wild to think about is like, um, what's more comfortable to walk up and be like, yo, I'm really feeling myself in this dress or to walk up and be yeah. like, I hate my body right now. Like, yeah, it's no. so like uncomfortable for us to like yeah. enjoy ourselves, to love ourselves. But that's something that with the people I surround myself with right now is like very welcomed. And it just yeah. feels like there's so much healing that gets to happen inside of my friend group because we're very there for each other asking for what they need and being everything that they are in every moment whether that's them feeling good about themselves or like having crazy anxiety come up that they just like really need somebody for yeah and so yeah it's been beautiful to like actually have the type of relationships I always craved but like Mm -hmm. never felt like I could actually like get my hands on yeah um yeah and I think it all comes down to like boundaries trusting what you want Mm -hmm. being allowed to ask for it so I have um, the friend that you mentioned, Bree. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy to see how our relationship has changed throughout the years, like when we first met each other at Bible school versus mm-hmm. now. Because um, I feel like a lot of the beginning of our relationship was very like, this is what I'm working on right now. Like, this is what God is healing in me. Um, or like, I'm really struggling with this right now. And it was kind of from a negative, like, I'm not whole standpoint versus now to wherever, like, whenever we talk, it's like, this is what I'm so excited about right now. Like, or I feel like I killed this recently. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of myself and things like that. And also getting to take, like, full credit for the growth that you're working on in yourself. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's something that's very important and is to be celebrated. I have another friend who will just text each other photos of, like, Nobody's really appreciated my outfit today, but I feel like it's amazing. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Like, just those moments wherever you're, like, celebrating yourself. That's been something that's been really exciting for me, like, over the past few years of, like, learning to appreciate myself more and, like, Mm -hmm. seeing myself as more good and whole. Yeah, absolutely. Which is always a journey. Absolutely, yeah. Because there's always the pieces of yourself that you're, like, okay, cool. Like, I'm cool with this side of myself. Yeah. And then those, like, corners of your brain that you're, like... 
I don't know, that mm-hmm. girl's got to get some work done. And learning to bring those into the light as well and yeah. be like, this piece of myself I've always hated. Mm-hmm. Like, even the stuff that feels very valid to hate of, like, I fly off the handle sometimes and, like, mm-hmm. yell at my friends. Like, that piece of you getting to also be present and not be mm-hmm. judged. And, like, yeah, we're not telling you you just get to go fly off the handle and yell at your friends and be unkind to people. But, like, you're not getting anywhere with that right. by hating it. And maybe we can get somewhere by being like, hey, where is this coming from fear? And, like, where can I actually love on the side of myself yeah. and listen to what it's actually asking for? Because usually there's, like, our surface-level behaviors of, mm-hmm. like, the things that we're doing. And we focus so much on those. And then once you get underneath it, it's like there's this whole other truth mm-hmm. that's just waiting to be expressed that's only coming out in these, like, weird yeah. actions that we don't yeah. understand. So... Yeah, just, like, learning to take all of that and, like, open our arms to all of it and be like, hey, I love myself as a full person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, world-changing. Taking the dark with the light. Yeah. Um, so after after kind of being in years of suppression or repression, how do you find those desires mm-hmm. or, like, the things that you've kind of squelched for so long and have kind of, like, not seen the light in so long? How yeah. do you start to find those again yeah it's really it starts with such small steps Mm -hmm. and it really is just like rebuilding that relationship with yourself because there's a place where like if you've spent years or decades or however long like pushing away what you want Uh and not listening to it like think about if you had a friend Mm -hmm. that was trying to constantly come to you and you just kept being like nope I don't have time for you I don't want you here like that friend would stop wanting to show up and talk to you and just be like this feels shitty every time I try to like talk to you so that side of yourself has really just like shut itself off Mm -hmm. like that communication line is closed and it's gonna take a little while before it learns like okay it's safe for me to come here and to trust again yeah and so something I do a lot of when I'm starting out work with somebody is like we'll just set a very very simple like daily practice and so Mm -hmm. if somebody like has spent years like not honoring their creativity and now they can't write anymore and it's like super stressful causes a lot of anxiety for them to just like try and sit down in front of a page like saying okay so like Every day you set a timer for 15 minutes Uh and you sit there and you see what comes up and there's no agenda. There's no purpose to this, but like, we're just going to see what happens. Or for somebody who has no idea how to set boundaries or ask for what they need saying like every day, once a day you sit down and you ask yourself like, what do I need in this moment? What do I need from other people? And what do I need for myself? And then you try to honor that request as best you can. And just say like for two weeks, this is all we're doing is like just these tiny little things. And it's interesting what happens as soon Mm -hmm. as that, like, communication line starts to get opened again. Like, the person that I had, I did this with recently, who we were doing, like, that creativity ritual. She, like, she had for years wanted to have a business that was more based in her creativity and could never even figure out, like, what that would look like or trust it. We had two weeks where she was just doing, like, these daily writing rituals, and she, like woke up one morning and was like, oh, I know exactly what I want this to look like. And I know how to, and like now is like booking clients into this program. And so it's just like, there's already so many answers inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. And so often we're running around trying to find somebody else to tell us like, what's going to work or like hand us the wisdom that is just inside of us. We're just not listening to it. Yeah. And so it's just like consistently starting to show up for yourself 
open those lines of communication until suddenly it like wants to talk back to you yeah and being patient with it when it's like the first and second and third time are like Uh don't feel like you get anything but just being able to sit there and ask like what do I want what would make me happy if I trusted this piece of myself like what would I want to be doing and just doing that until it starts to open back up again I feel like for people who grew up or have maybe been in circles that are very authoritative mm-hmm. or very like handing you answers. This is what your passion is. This is what your goal should be. This is the right goal. And there's always been a very clear path for you. It's really, really difficult to kind of be in a space wherever you create that path for yourself. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do wind up kind of jumping into something else wherever they're mm-hmm. given answers. Like, People who, my therapist works a lot with people transitioning out of the military. And it's really hard, like, going into a place where there's no set thing for you to do every day. There's no set of right or wrong, very clear answers. Um, So it's interesting, like, yeah, just sitting with yourself and realizing that the answer's been inside of you all along. It's like the plot to every, like, Disney movie ever, (laughs) but we still don't get it, you know? Well... And it is, it's just so difficult to, like, take your answers seriously without having to explain them or validate them. Like, I found that was something that was, is still, honestly, like, something I'm working through personally is, like, when you came from a background where it's, like, you have this whole community around you being, like, this is what you do and this is how you live and this is good. It's, like, you getting to decide what's good for yourself feels so risky and feels so, like not allowed that now I'll do something as simple as like decide I'm not going to the gym that day and I feel like I have to ask somebody else like is this okay like should I feel bad about this just because I'm so unused to like being the main authority in my life yeah and like there are still pieces of me that are like do we get to decide this or are you just like ruining everything like running around trying to like call the shots but Yeah. yeah so like learning to not have to like explain or validate or, like, get other people to, Uh like, say yes to what you want is, like, such a process. One of the things I'm still working on, like, all of these years later is just the belief that I am capable of making good decisions for Mm -hmm. myself. It, like, like you said, like, anytime I make a big decision for myself, like, I avoid, I tend to be decision repressed, but, uh, I, like, try to avoid making big decisions about my life just because I'm afraid, like, oh, I'm not capable of making that decision for myself. Like, I don't have that kind of wisdom or authority. Um, So, yeah, like, making, like, those little decisions every day and just knowing, like, no matter what happens, maybe you will make a mistake, but Mm -hmm. nothing's unfixable. Mm -hmm. Like, there's hardly anything you can do that you can't change your mind later or come back from. Like, you will be okay. Like, there are people (laughs) out here who have much worse decision-making power (laughs) than you and are somehow still fine. Yeah. But I think that is the thing about, like, growing up in evangelical Christianity uh where it is, like, your decisions right now are setting you up for eternity Uh where you're going to be in hell forever. And, like, that is unfixable. Those are the highest stakes, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, like, a lot. And so, Uh like, no matter what your beliefs are, like, I'm not at all trying to come in here and tell people, like, if you believe this, like, yeah. you're, whatever, but, like, learning to just see your life as something mm-hmm. that's, like, constantly getting to grow and evolve, and, like, yeah, you get to 
fuck it up sometimes and you get to change your mind and you get to like yeah decide oh I'm not gonna do that again yeah but it's so like it's just not a like well-spoken yeah. language for a lot of us that didn't grow up that way yeah I envy the people who are just kind of like oh like I'm just me like just have the like blind confidence mm-hmm. not blind confidence because it's like it's valid confidence mm-hmm. just like this is who I am this is the way I live my life like no apologies necessary yeah like, I I envy that kind of confidence, but yeah, we're all like somewhere along that path. It's we're true. getting there. One question that I like to ask everyone, just because I I love learning from everyone, um, is what today, like you having kind of a different framework for your life, and mm-hmm. a different framework for the way you live your life. What are sort of the values and principles you use in your like daily decision making now? Yeah. Like, um really the only one that I found that I really identify with is just life is shitty for everyone. Like don't make it harder for other people Mm. and just like do the best you can basically with like the power that you have. Yeah. I actually like just wrote like a list of values for my business, which are also like values for my life. I feel like it just like all bleeds over. Um, I'm not sure I can remember all of them, but like (laughs) one of the top ones is like holism, which is like viewing yourself and every person as a full person like yeah we're not just a body we're not just like a mind we're not just a set of goals like we yeah. are all these things together and like care needs to be taken for everybody um and then like yes empathy caring for like other yeah. people's situations and like yeah wanting knowing that we're all connected and wanting to like help other people mm-hmm. as much as you can but also then self-responsibility like yeah you have complete control and authority and responsibility for your own life and I have complete control and responsibility mm-hmm. for my own life and like your decisions are yours my decisions are mine um and I feel like having those two partnered like yeah is really interesting of being like I can feel for you but I'm not you and I'm not going to take on your stuff yeah for you um and then yeah and just like making decisions with a lot of self-awareness mm-hmm. and self-tenderness. I'm trying to remember if there are any others that, like, feel <laughs> relevant right now. But, yeah, and I think it's just also, like, having the value of, like, you got to change your mind. What was true mm-hmm. yesterday doesn't have to be true today. And so, like, yeah. just because you did something yesterday, like, you get to wake up as a new person every mm-hmm. day. And so you may find that, like, what served you then doesn't get to serve you now. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's okay. Um, like, just holding everything kind of, like, loosely. yeah. I, I'm a big fan of holding things loosely (laughs) after having like a big worldview shift a few years ago. It's like, I realized I don't have to hold every belief and every decision so Mm -hmm. tightly. Like I am allowed to change my mind like day to day. It's scary whenever other people do that around me, (laughs) but I allow myself to do it very well. Yeah, (laughs) I kind of would rather people I'm in relationship with and whatnot to stay generally the same. But um, on that note, though, how do you find yourself maybe in relationship with or in friendship or family relationship with people who may not have the same level of self-awareness as you? Mm -hmm. Is that, like, difficult kind of keeping a boundary up there to wherever you're not trying to fix them necessarily or change them or put them somewhere farther along the path than maybe they are right now. Yeah, it is definitely, like, being somebody who's done a lot of work and now, like, maybe can look around at other people and be like, well, you should be doing that. Like, but it's not helpful. Like, I Uh wasn't ready before I was ready. They're not going to be ready before they're ready. But then also 
yeah, like being comfortable with those boundaries for maybe people that like don't understand boundaries. And uh-huh. like for them, you not coming in and fixing all of their stuff, they're like, well, you, don't you love me? And don't you like, yeah. like, it's not you loving them. It's you making, they'll like make you the enemy because of that. Yeah. And so it is very difficult, but I think it's like twofold. Like one is knowing that like your highest calling, and I think this is another thing that maybe like our upbringing didn't teach us, but like your highest calling is to yourself. Yeah. Like before you are a friend or a partner or a daughter or like a sister, you are yourself. Yeah. And like the biggest and most long lasting job you have is to take care of and honor you. Yeah. And so just knowing like at the end of the day, if like that's what I'm doing, then like everything else has to kind of like come underneath that. Um, but then also knowing like it wouldn't actually be better <laughs> for you to jump in and fix things for them. Yeah. And so like at the same time as you're like, I'm doing this for me being like, I'm also doing this for you because yeah. like the only chance that you have for like true healing is for you to know what it looks like to do that for yourself. Yeah. And so it it's like difficult and painful at times, but also, yeah, just something like you being in integrity with yourself yeah. and saying like, this is a decision I'm making out of love and you can take it or leave it. Like, it's just, it's the only chance any of us have yeah. at like healing. It's like we heard a lot, um, I feel like in teen magazines and stuff, like you can't, make someone change for you like Mm -hmm. that's not going to be a permanent change they have to change for themselves basically definitely um I wanted to circle back to something you were talking about at the beginning um just like feeling like you had your calling or something like given to you basically and your body kind of rejecting that Mm -hmm. I feel like something that I saw a lot growing up and something that was kind of idolized is martyrs um, yeah. people who died to themselves for a cause or whatnot. I feel like a lot of us, like our bodies kind of absorbed that message. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not dying for a cause or if you're not self-sacrificing or punishing yourself for a cause, like you're not fully living in that belief yeah. or something. And I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit yeah. or speak to that in some way. Uh, yeah, that's such a deep one that like, I think everybody has some reason, like, no matter what their background is, that they're going to be uncomfortable with things being, like, great. Like, there is a place where we're going to have resistance to, like, happiness or whatever. But I think for people that were raised with that belief, there's a very, like, suffering is spiritual kind of thing. And, like, God wants you to hurt and, like, maybe die. And so there's just this almost glorification of all of our, like, discomfort and, like, killing ourselves in pursuit of a cause. And it's, it's so difficult to unwind Uh because it's just like rooted in so many different things but I think yeah it just it's this also just like this fundamental shift with like how you view God like Uh if you choose to continue carrying that belief I do like God and I are homies and I genuinely believe that he wants me to have a really beautiful life and but also then just being like I don't know. It's kind of like abusive. Otherwise, like if God put like, yes, some people have callings that are going to like, there are beliefs that are worth dying for. There are Uh things that are worth suffering for. That is absolutely true. And if like the only reason we're put here is just to have a really terrible existence until it ends, like that is not a loving 
I feel creator, like they, you know? I feel like they don't have to be mutually exclusive. I feel like you can have pleasure while also sacrificing a lot mm, for something yeah. you believe in. Like, with, um, like, fighting for equal rights, like, things like that. Like, you can be all for a cause and all for, like, sacrificing and putting everything into supporting something, but also, like, have a pleasurable life or be able to have joy and things like that. Like, um, strong beliefs don't have to disqualify, like, pleasure and happiness. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think there's also understanding that, like, like, I know for me, like, Uh I have a very clear view of, like, what my impact is supposed to be here and, like, what I want to do with people. And I know... I am utterly incapable of doing that if I am not first, like, have all the resources that I need. If I'm not happy, if I'm not taken care of, I become useless to other people. And so, like, actually having a higher view of what you're trying to accomplish, it takes you out of that, like, what I think a lot of us get lost in, of this, like, situational thing where we're Mm -hmm. like, I really don't want to do this, but, like, you know, we're suffering for the sake of other people or for the sake of our beliefs or whatever and kind of stepping back into like, okay, well, what's the bigger picture here? Like, what am I actually trying to accomplish on this earth with my life? Yeah. And a lot of times you'll find that like, that some of our suffering is just meaningless. We're just putting ourselves through this thing because we feel like we have to and we're not actually helping anybody. Because a lot of times that's us, like, stepping over other people's boundaries or, like, fixing their stuff. And we're not doing the actual work that we could be doing that would do so much more for people than us just, like, having a really crappy life and then dying. Yeah. Because we, like, never said no. Yeah. And I find it so interesting that it's taking another, like, name in this generation. Like, everybody is all about the hustle now and all Mm -hmm. about, like, having, like... 10 different gigs going on, grinding out every moment. A lot of that's still just the same thing. Like, still, like, working yourself bare-boned to prove that you, like, have more ambition than anyone. Or you're, like, more driven than everyone around you. Hustle doesn't necessarily mean you're being productive. Yeah. And it makes us, it becomes this thing where, like, it feels safer like Uh if you work really hard for something and you kill yourself for something then it's like okay now I deserve to have this right and so you feel okay like having what you want in some ways because it's like I suffered so hard for this yeah instead of just being like what if it didn't actually have to be that way and what if we got to like really enjoy our lives and like yes sometimes we work hard and there are uncomfortable moments and like all that stuff but like we didn't have to kill ourselves to get what we want and it's interesting as you're unwiring that belief you come up against like the fear that accompanies getting everything you want. Uh-huh. Like there's a, a phrase that me and some of the friends I do that do the same work as I do um, use where we'll say like, how good can you take it? Uh-huh. Just like seeing like getting everything you want, having like your relationships be really beautiful and having money be really beautiful and having the career you want and like realizing there's a fear to that. And there's a place where yeah. we come up against an edge of it and it's like, okay, like, Something has to suck so yeah. that I can earn this. Yeah. Instead of just being like, no, I can continue to receive. Like, I can continue to have more goodness. And I yeah. can expand my capacity to hold all the good that life has to offer. Because life gets to be so good. And most of us are running around trying to find ways to complicate it. Yeah. Or create problems. Because yeah. it's like, this is what makes me worthy as a human. <laughs> I um, I remember seeing, I feel like it was some Enneagram 4 meme a while back <laughs> that was like... Um, your your happiness does not disqualify your sadness or yeah. like your pain or something like that. Like 
It doesn't... Things can be really good around you without it cheapening, like, the depths that you're Mm -hmm. able to go to, even. Or, like, the depths that you're able to feel. Recently, I've discovered a lot of joy in things that I used to hate and make Mm -hmm. fun of. Whenever I thought I was a pretentious little hipster that had really good taste. Um, And it's kind of funny me starting to, like, enjoy these things and maybe Mm -hmm. explore things that I used to disqualify and realizing, like, just because somebody has, like, different tastes than you or something doesn't mean that they're, like, dumb or less, like, evolved than you, basically. Like, it's not a personality type to hate things. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Like, you're not more evolved because you can, like, hate on what everybody else is enjoying. You're probably just having less fun. (laughs) Yeah, like, increasing pleasure and increasing things that you Mm -hmm. like by... I don't know, exploring things that you would have maybe disqualified otherwise. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. You, you just hit on something whenever you're talking about, like, you can just increase your capability of happiness and things yeah. like that. Like, yeah. I love that. I always like to say, like, you're not, like, what music you listen to or what kind of coffee you drink or what kind of clothes you wear, like, doesn't get to determine how cool you are. Like you're a human being yeah. that has stardust in your veins and is here <laughs> alive with a soul, like thinking things and having emotions. Like that is the coolest shit there is. Everything else is just like accessorizing your already yeah. massive coolness. Like yeah. if we can just sink into like loving the miracle that oh. we are, it just frees up so much for us to be like, oh, I'm not worthy because I worked harder or I'm not worthy yeah. because I fit into a certain demographic or I uh-huh. do this thing or don't do this thing. I'm worthy and I'm cool because, like, I'm here and I'm alive and I'm human. Yeah. And then from there, like, what do you want your life to look like? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think a lot of that, too, is important to remember um, whenever kind of you maybe, like, shift your life path or something. Like, I thought I was going to be a mom with two kids by this age. (laughs) And now I look back on people who I might have, like, grown up with or gone to school with who are doing that, and maybe my first initial reaction is, like, oh, my gosh, like, they have no clue. They're living Mm -hmm. such a simple life. Yeah. And then I've had to kind of check that and be, like, okay, just because I chose not to go down that life path doesn't mean it's less valid for anybody else or they're dumb or simple for enjoying their life and building a life that's different than mine. Like if everybody was exactly like me or chose to go down the same life path as me, like society would fall apart. Like there would just be a ton of, I don't know, people with my same bureaucracies (laughs) and issues running around. I don't know, just seeing every life path as valid, it feels like the more I kind of change what I want is harder for me Mm. when I feel like that would be easier because – I know what they're thinking and I know maybe why they're doing the things that they're doing now. And just because I chose to go down a different route, like I might've been really happy in that life. Mm -hmm. And I know that they're happy doing what they're doing. Like I can't automatically assume everyone's exactly like me. Yeah. And so I've like, I've had to learn a lot of empathy for people different than me, which is something that I, like to think I'm really good at but then you know you realize it only applies to certain situations exactly yeah there's like levels to it yeah like getting to I I remember when I was going through this like breakup last year and I was like basically we were breaking up because I was like I want to grow so much and like look at all my emotions and become a better person and he was over there being like 
I just don't really have any interest in that. Like, yeah. I just kind of want to chill. And just being like, how can that be what you want to do with your life? Like, yeah. how can you just be okay just being like, nah, I get that I have, like, emotional things going on uh-huh. and, like, fearful patterns that are sabotaging my life. But, like, I just... I'm comfortable with them. I'd yeah. rather watch football. It's fine. And I just didn't understand it. And it took me a long time to just grapple with, like that can genuinely make somebody happy. And if that genuinely makes them happy, then that is what I want for, like, still, I don't quite understand it. But also just, yeah, just letting people be at their stage on the journey. Yeah. And letting it look different than mine and being, like, the goal for everybody is that they have a really happy, beautiful life. Yeah. And they get to define what that looks like for them. Yeah. (laughs) kind of a scary... Like, just take your hands off of everybody's experience Maybe it's not what I want them to be happy with. Exactly, yeah. It's tough. No, but it's, like, anytime you go through that or anytime you're, like, faced with that, like, it's learning more compassion and learning Mm -hmm. more empathy. And the more you, like, learn about yourself, hopefully you're able to accept more from other people or accept something different from other people. Yeah. I think that's why I love, like, your reference, you know, the Enneagram and stuff. Like, I think that was a big thing for me when I started looking into all these things and I was like, oh, I can look at somebody and understand. Yeah. Like, you're not responding to this differently than me because you're wrong it's like you just got a different way of seeing the world yeah and that's beautiful and we want that and I think just yeah like learning to see everybody as like so vibrantly unique and like yeah just not be like this is my way and this is everybody's like this should be everybody's way it just yeah opens up it also opens up your life to like have so much deeper relationships when you can like just marvel in how diverse we all are yeah um it just is, like, a really fun process. And there's more than just nine types there of people are. in the world. <laughs> I uh, I got super into it last year. Um, and I feel like it helped a lot with my relationships, especially mm-hmm. with my family. Like, maybe people who aren't the best at expressing, like, their motivations yeah. or why they're approaching a situation differently than me. Like, it's – once you get them – to be able to, like, identify themselves. I don't know. I feel like it it helps a lot with conflicts, too. Yeah. And with addressing things. We did a workshop at my work, which I feel like every intake form, every job application should require you to put that down. <laughs> it just, it helped so much with just mm-hmm. understanding, like, different strong personality type. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of where everybody gets with Enneagram is where they like find it, Uh get obsessed with it. And they're like, this explains everything. And they learn all the stuff and they get everything and they almost kind of like get through it. And they're like, yeah. And now that I'm at peace with like there being all this, I can kind of like release, just kind of be like, well, this is very helpful. It's a good framework. And also like who even knows who you are? Like you get to decide that, you know, it's not down to a number. I feel like once you type everyone you know, you know, it's, uh, and you get to a point wherever you realize there are so many different personalities within maybe all the ones you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, none of them look like each other, Mm -hmm. so while it can help maybe, maybe you know their childhood trauma now, but, like, (laughs) you don't know how to maybe address different situations with different people. Yeah. Like, they're all still so unique. Definitely, yeah. (sighs) My boyfriend's a four, which is... Fine. <laughs> you get to just be all feelsy. <laughs> I just like, I also like realizing that all of my friends throughout my entire life has been a, have been fours. Uh huh. Like it's interesting. Once more people learn about it, and you kind of see people throughout your past, 
learn mm-hmm. about it, you're like, oh, I've always been drawn that to this sense. personality type. Yeah. That's like, I'm I'm a five, although a lot of people think that I'm a four initially because I, I have a very strong four wing and I feel like okay. I've really cultivated the four side of yeah. myself of being, like, good with my emotions and, like, yeah. all that. Um, but, like, looking back, a lot of my friends tend to be, like, twos or sevens who tend uh-huh. to be very, like, they'll come into your space like even yes. if you're trying to retreat they'll be like no let me love you or no yeah. let's go have fun and like that being the type of person that like balanced me out a little yeah. bit so yeah it's really interesting I love that I also like telling everyone he's a four because he feels like it's just massively vulnerable <laughs> he's like they know too much about me now <laughs> it's a cheat sheet yeah okay um, I feel like that's most of what I wanted to cover with you. Yeah. Did you want to talk about energy? You mentioned that. Oh, yes. You don't have to, but. No, yes. Um, how did that come into your life? What does yeah. that do? Tell me everything about it. I know nothing about it. Yeah. So I found energy work through, like, the mentor that, like, connected those dots for me of, like, yeah. hey, maybe you're sick because of all of this stuff. She was, like, certified in these tools of energy clearing and, or cleansing. We're not supposed to call it clearing. Um, yeah, there's like a lot of rules to it. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I went through this process with her and obviously it did like so much for me. And so even then, like after I kind of like went through the first initial healing process, um, I was still kind of like, okay, that was awesome, but didn't have like a huge connection to it. But it wasn't until I had we were using this one, one small set of tools. Um, it's like really hard to explain, but like this one set of tools that really deals with like mental and emotional blocks uh-huh. and like unwinding them. Um, when I was working with her initially and then there's a whole nother side to the modality that is like cleaning out your energy centers from okay. like, so all of us are energetic beings. We're walking around making energetic connections with like, just by sitting in this room with yeah. me, like we're like sharing energy and most of us, have never had it cleaned up. And so we're basically just this walking ball of like everybody's stuff. And so there's a place where like the first time I ever got like a full cleanse done, Uh I remember sitting down and just crying because I was like, I've, because she sat me down and she was like, you're just yourself right now. You don't have anybody else's stuff on you. And then she like walked out the room to get me a glass of water. And I was like, I have never felt this before. And just realizing, like, I've never actually felt what it feels like to just be me Uh um, was just this mind-blowing thing. And that was the moment where I was like, I need to learn how to do this, like, mainly for myself. Like, I need to know how to come back to this place every day because I was, like, terrified to get up out of that chair and walk out and, like, start picking up all the stuff again. And so, yeah, so then I got certified coming up on, like, about a year now um, and started to kind of just, like, use it myself and like using it daily on myself has just changed so much in my uh-huh. life. Um, but it's also been really fun to get to do this work with clients because it just is the most efficient thing I have ever found for dealing with mindset blocks. Yeah. And then for really just like resolving pretty much like every issue we have yeah. as people, cause everything just comes back to our energy. And yeah. so if we can deal with things on an energetic level, not only does it heal it, but it heals it in like the most graceful and quick way possible. Because there's a thing with like, when you get into personal development or mindset work, there's a whole thing where you're like, now I have to pull out all my childhood traumas and like journal through all of it and talk about it for three hours and cry. And like, some of that's very valid and like needs yeah. to be done. And there's a lot of what we're carrying around that isn't even ours. And so if we can like just clear out the 80% 
oh. that like doesn't demand our attention. And then we're just left with the 20%. It's like, oh, this is what I can do something about. It's just like so much of an easier process. And so it's been really awesome to see like what happens like emotionally for people. Like I've had like years of like a decade plus of anxiety clear out in like two sessions for people. And then like also physically, I just shared on Instagram, like my boyfriend cut open his finger like three weeks ago and was told he wasn't going to have any feeling in it for like six months to a year. And like three weeks later is able to like move it, feel it just because we've just been like working on it every day. It just like accelerates everything so much. And so it's just like wild to basically just be like, like have the key to like just doing all sorts of like miracles and healing and magic. And I don't know, it feels really weird. Um, sometimes even still to talk about cause it's just like, so it feels like woo woo witchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it really, what I love about the modality that I use, cause there's a lot of different healing modality practices is it's actually really just rooted in science. It's not like any yeah. spiritual belief or any like, um, like one religion that like holds it it's Uh just related to like we are all energetic beings that is a fact like that's in science textbooks now how do we deal with that um and so yeah is it like similar to chakra work yeah so it deals with that same like set of energetic centers yeah um and so if you've heard about like reiki or theta healing there's there's similarities between them um but like what i do is technically different so yeah yeah I just saw like a notification or a news article or something today wherever Julian Huff was getting some energy work done and they like just had a video of her I don't know what was going on but then she was just like breaking down like sobbing and like was mm-hmm. releasing a lot yeah and it was like the first time it was funny that we had this schedule today because it was the first time I kind of saw like energy centers like this is really common like with mm-hmm. work with them or whatever like yeah. It sounds fascinating. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's interesting because there is, I mean, the chakra system is like centuries old Yeah, and actually has been studied scientifically for like going back as far as we started doing scientific studies. It just hasn't been like accepted science in the yeah. U S it's actually like in Russia, they actually have like machines that they can use to measure people's Excuse like me? energy. And that's like, a widely studied thing there, but like America's just like no, <laughs> like yeah, I we mean, need we're big very pharma. like non. I don't want to say it's like a spiritual practice or something, but we're yeah. very like kind of old school, which isn't even like old school yeah. because like the chakra work and whatnot is older than kind of like the modern science we're using yeah. today. But we're very kind of well, repressed in that way. I feel yeah, like. it's like the Western culture really just wants to see the physical reality as all there yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and anything you can't see or experience with your senses yeah. is invalid. And that's the same reason why we devalue our emotions, why we like don't care about like physical ailments that aren't just like yeah. readily apparent or like visible to the eye. Um, and it's also why we're just like like to shit on all sorts of like yeah. spiritual or anything that seems like at all like I can't see what you're doing uh-huh. so it must not exist <laughs> we enjoy facts or mm-hmm. cold hard evidence yeah 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 so what are sort of the benefits you see come out of like the energy work do you do that mostly as like a starting place mm-hmm. with your working clients or like how do you incorporate that into your practice it's both I mean it's really like at its best, it's something that you're doing consistently because, 
like, you know, you're always walking around, you're picking up these energetic, it's just like, I call it like energetic hygiene, like the same way that you brush your teeth, you want to clear your energy. Um, But it also is very helpful, like as a starting point, because if you don't know what it's like to just be the only person in your head, you probably like also don't know what it's like to hear your own voice, to listen to your own answers, to like recognize your own intuition or what your body is telling you because all of that has gotten so muddied by everybody else's stuff that you're just like holding and carrying around. And so it's really incredible to see like what just gets to be so much easier when you're not having to deal with everybody else's stuff and then some like try to figure out how to get underneath it to be like, well, what do I want and how do I feel and what should I do? Like if that's just more readily available to you, it's just so much easier and more simple for you to like do the work you're here to do. And so, yeah, so there's a lot of different ways that we use it in the practice. So if somebody's working with me long-term, they're getting their energy cleaned up regularly. Um, I do like single sessions for people that are just wanting to fix one thing. But then also if you're working with me longer than that, we'll have like, we'll be talking through something. They'll be like, oh, well, I'm feeling this and this. And we'll kind of get to the bottom of it. And then I'll be like, okay, we're going to do this like energy practice with it and just kind of like move that one thing yeah um so it's really useful for like just broad like maintenance as a human and then also for dealing with like specific issues yeah so I feel like that's incredibly useful for just like very empathetic people exactly people who tend to like absorb a lot of people around them that's really exciting. I'm really intrigued now. I want to like talk more about this afterwards. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, so pimp out your business. Tell everybody yeah. where they can find you, where they can book with you. Definitely. Yeah. So if you go to Hey Frankie Simmons on Instagram, that's where I spend most of my time, and would love to have anybody come and join the party. And you also, <laughs> through the handy link in my bio, can get to my website and look at all the services and things and booking and all that stuff. So yeah, definitely come hang. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much. I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to show you my favorite grounding practice. I do this literally like 30 times a day and it's just really for any time that you are feeling scattered or maybe you've had an experience that stressed you out or you're just feeling a little bit stressed and a little bit just like dazed and confused and not in your body this is something that it actually brings the right and left hemispheres of your brain both online and in communication with each other and also gets you just connected to every part of your body gets you just really centered in your present experience instead of like tripping out about the future or freaking out about the past. So it's really simple. You're just going to take the two peace fingers on your left hand and put them under your nostrils. And then your right palm goes to the base of your head and you place the tip of your tongue in the roof of your mouth and take a couple deep breaths in and out through your nose. And then your right hand grabs your left earlobe and your left hand grabs your right earlobe. Tongue in the roof of your mouth, couple deep breaths. And then cross your right wrist over your left wrist and your left ankle over your right ankle and take two deep breaths there. And after that, just kind of check in and see how you're doing. See if maybe there's 
a piece of your body you notice more. When I started doing this, I found that I would just be like, oh, I have arms. Like, I just never thought about my arms, but all of a sudden you're just, like, aware of them, and you feel a little bit more centered, maybe a little bit calmer. Just kind of give yourself a full-body scan and see if there's anything there that wasn't there before. And then you're grounded. Congratulations.